WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 98, All About the Hobbit, chapter 11, On the Doorstep, being the 98th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by wonderful mod of the WBNE Discord, Pix. Welcome back. Hello. It is great to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. Before we, listeners, I will have cut all of it out, but I've had a very stressful day. (laughs) So I'm glad to sit down and chat with the pal. Um, and then also I needed to have you on because I made the mistake of not getting any of the Winters or Tyler on before their babies came. You are due in July, June, Correct. July, July 17th is my current due date. So I was like, okay, I'm not making the same mistake twice. I need to get her on before the baby comes and her life gets insane because now I'm pretty sure it's too insane for me to ever ask uh tyler to come on because he he actually has read the hobbit listeners he has yeah we'll be surprised to hear yeah because he did it for the wb e book challenge that they have going on and then my grand idea was to have both of the winters on for the last chapter but i'll have to check back in with them when i get closer but i don't know how they'll manage to both get away for an hour when they have Three young children and a newborn. Might be a nice, like, scheduled date night. Yeah, or maybe that. Okay, cool. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. They can, like, get get a babysitter, have dinner, record with Record with me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not doing it again. I'm getting her on well before the baby comes. And here we are. I'm here and knock on all the wood that the baby does not come anytime soon. I've now yeah. cursed you, um, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> We have, we have nine weeks uh, if he wants to stay baking until then. Yeah, we prefer our babies fully cooked. Yep. Um, that would be great. Um, I will say I do have a track record now of, of recording with people and having them run out and have to give birth, although that was a, fa- a that was a false alarm that happened on the restricted section with oh, really? when we were, we were recording with um Tyler and it was like I think it was like a week before Finn was actually born and he was like, by the way, there I might have to run out halfway through the recording to go to the hospital, who knows? And we were like, Oh my God, wouldn't that be so cool if we got that on the recording? And then like maybe three fourths of the way in, Emily comes in and I was like, Oh my God, this is it. It turned out to be a false alarm. <laughs> this but- is it. <laughs> but a week later well, fingers crossed no no false alarms for me we're, no. we're still a bit too early knock on wood we like our yes. babies fully cooked i was gonna try and transition into something else about like bilbo likes his eggs fully cooked too anyway in this chapter of the <laughs> hobbit <laughs> that was terrible um oh actually why don't i ask you what is your history with reading the hobbit when did you or do you remember when you first read it yeah, um, I was pretty young. We, I think I've talked about this on um, some of the past episodes I've done, but we used to do family reading night. It was like big with me and my dad and my brother. So we'd take turns reading chapters. We read Harry Potter that way. Um, and we read The Hobbit and some of The Lord of the Rings that way. Towards the end, I started reading them on my own. Um, so I was pretty young. And my first introduction, though, was the cartoon movie. 
Oh, um, I can't wait to super, watch that. Uh, super cool. I'm excited for you to see it. Um, it's just one of my favorites because it's so nostalgic to me. So I was pretty young. And then I read it in middle school as one of my like book challenges. I don't know if other schools did those. We had to read books and take mm-hmm. tests on them. So I and read then it then you, too. And then you get a personal pan pizza or something. Exactly. You get some kind of reward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're all worth so many points. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was trying to read the the higher point book so I, had, so I could read less. Yeah, I think our school, I think... The, we called them AR books. It was, a, I think yeah. it was accelerated reading. I don't know if that was a my school thing or a nationwide thing, but yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and I remember they had a red stick in the library. AR books had a red sticker on the spine, and we'd always, whenever it was like our class's turn to go to the library, I'd always look for an AR book because I'm like, well, this is me. Oh. Un- wow, digging up some like deep-seated like childhood memories that explain a lot of like <laughs> reading is only worth it if I can, you know, like commodify it or something. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I was, uh, you know, I really liked books, but definitely anything school related. I wasn't doing something uh, for fun. <laughs> no, it, it nothing needed is to be fun. counted towards points. I need gold stars and A pluses yeah. to feel. I worthy. need that recognition. <laughs> yeah. That's that's on the the past gifted kids. That's oh man, oh man. There's there are podcasts out there about past gifted kids. Oh yeah, right. right? I'm constantly not that not that I will be ending. That's what I'm talking about anytime soon. There's still a lot of content to go through, but I definitely now that like I'm I'm in kind of the midst of the last major thing in terms of Tolkien before I start going on to like more obscure things. I'm definitely like, I'm always thinking of like podcast ideas. Um, And this is kind of how like I came up with the concept for this podcast. I would just tweet terrible ideas for podcasts (laughs) and be like, can this be a podcast? Can this be a podcast? So maybe we get a bunch of gift, burnt out gifted kids, former gifted kids of the 2000s, and we sit around and we, is there a way we can like go back and find those um, like AR book quizzes and retake oh, them and see if there we're, has to be. See if we're as smart, you know, now as we were then and stuff like that, man. There has to be. I, uh, I love, I read a quote not that long ago and I had to read it to my partner because I thought it was so funny. Um, that was something along the lines of, you know, I was a gifted kid and I still am. If you put me in a class full of eighth graders, I would do just as well. (laughs) I don't know. I'm afraid of them. (laughs) Yeah. The younger generation eludes me. I'm afraid of them, um, for several reasons. Apparently everything our age group does now is chuggy, I believe is the new terminology. I heard that on TikTok. (laughs) But I don't totally get it. I don't really either. My brother's only a few years younger than me, like four or five years maybe. So he's definitely in Gen Z, um, but he's right at the cusp. And he called me so old yesterday because I didn't understand some of the weird TikTok things going on, like ye and like where they like suck their their bottom lip in and it's all just like yeah i don't understand anything stuff. about it yeah I, so i'm asking him these questions he's like how do you not know these 
Like, I don't know. I just learned what no cap meant. <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, what was, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think of a, like, term that I recently learned, and I feel like I've now correctly incorporated it into my language, and then now as I'm, like, finally getting comfortable with some terms, they're coming out with all these new ones, right? and I can't keep up. I can't do it. There was something I saw recently that I was like, if this is what qualifies me as old, then I'm dead. It was like uh, someone born in 2000s and she was doing one of those millennial like music challenges or whatever. And it was like a whole list of songs. And it was supposedly like the extremely hardcore mode. Um, and the only one she knew was like, who let the dogs out? <laughs> And I was like, well, at least you know that. Everyone knows that one, though. So, yeah, I think it was that, that, that it was, spans generations. It was something like she didn't know the um, she didn't know, like, uh, making my way downtown. And I'm like, how? A thousand miles. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how do you not know that one? Oh, my God. I'm so old. Ancient. OK. You know who else is old? Thorin. Thorin. Thorin is old. What a <laughs> Good transition. I'm great with these segues. I'm also, mm. I'm not really in a rush with this chapter in this episode. It might be a more laid back vibe, listeners, because once again, not that much happens. Um, this is a short chapter. Yeah, it's a short chapter. Not that much happens. Yeah. Oh, actually, this is also, um, I don't know like why it all of a sudden hit me reading this chapter, but it's, I was like looking at when I was like holding the book open. Um, I was looking at it in terms of like how many pages of the book was in like one hand versus the other. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so I think it's more there's eight, there's like seven or eight chapters left after this. But there's like an even smaller amount of pages left, if that makes sense. Um, so it's just crazy for me to look at this and be like, I can't believe how quickly this is going by when the last time I read his book, it took over a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you read a very, very detailed uh, account. This is it's a little lighter. Oh, yeah, much lighter. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. And and I've been like planning ahead for um, future episodes and guests and stuff. And it got to a point where I was like, oh, my God, wait. Did I, like, accidentally message too many people and I've run out of Hobbit chapters? What has happened here? So it's, like, it's getting to a point now where I'm having to think about, like, where do I get the Hobbit movies? Am I the dreaded question? Am I doing extended edition or theatrical edition? Are you going to cover the mainstream movies and the cartoon? Yes, I'm doing it all. If there cool. is a if there is an adaptation of Lord of the Rings and or The Hobbit, there is a good chance I will be doing it. Um, basically, anything to stop me from doing the Silmarillion would be dope, but. <laughs> Extending my time as far as I can. Yeah. Well, the other thing is I'm really trying to time it out perfectly where like right as I start running out of stuff, the Amazon series comes out. Oh, yeah. Which I haven't talked about a lot on the show, but um, supposedly they're spending millions of dollars on this show. It's absolutely insane. I don't know if you've seen anything about it, but um, I've seen just a little bit that it's you know happening, but I haven't looked too far into it yeah so far like there's there's really not that much that's known about it other than like there's a really good creative team behind it at least i think so um 
as like for the most part, the actors they've cast are pretty unknown. And then they've also given like a really vague synopsis where it's like, they'll encounter evil things. <laughs> it's like, thanks. <laughs> Never would have guessed that. Super helpful. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, the total price tag for the first season of the show is estimated to come in at $450 million. That's insane. By comparison, a season of Game of Thrones was estimated to cost $90 million. Oh, my God. $450 million. So what I could they be good. spending that on? Um, Maybe they bought. Maybe they just bought New Zealand. <laughs> the whole place. <laughs> maybe they're like, guys, instead of like having to work around, which I, I really hope they didn't because the Lord of the Rings movies did a really good job of trying to like preserve everything that they did in New Zealand. Um, but maybe the Lord of the Rings series, they're just like tired of doing all these workarounds and having to like, uh, I don't know, passports or, or flying in and out of things and COVID protocols. And maybe someone was just like, what if we bought New Zealand and we just made like a Lord of the Rings series bubble, like how they did with the Great British Bake Off this past season or the most recent season. Do you not know about this? I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the most wholesome thing in the world. God, I don't care that we're not going to be talking about this chapter. (laughs) Yeah. For because this is last summer when, you know, COVID was not that COVID still isn't going on. Everyone should also still always be cautious. Get your vaccine if you are able to. Yeah, for the Great British Bake Off, instead of just like canceling the next season, they had the entire production team and like all of the contestants, they all just lived in a bubble together for, I think it was something like eight to 10 weeks, like however long the show, the competition runs. They all just lived together for that amount of time so that they could keep it all safe. I mean, I think that's a great way if you're going to continue to do production. Yeah. Yeah, but that sucks for, you know, their families. Their families, yeah. But I was just like, man, that's where I want to be in life right now. I want to be living inside the Great British Bake Off bubble. Say well, that they're also nice fast. there. I know, that's show. why. I'm like, like, they're all so wholesome. They're yeah. all so wonderful. They all have these really interesting side hobbies. Like these people who make amazing things where like, mind you, I can barely, I always manage to screw up a recipe somehow, some way. And they make these amazing things. And then the narrator, whoever will be like, Brenda's side hobby is a historian and archaeology. And she's also an amateur blacksmith. And I'm like, Girl, how you got the well, time? the time? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ugh. we are going to talk about this chapter. Like I said, guys, more cal- calm, calming, wholesome vibes for this chapter because they kind of just do a lot of sitting around. So we're not going to be in a panic. I think there will be things to panic about a lot more in future chapters. So maybe let's enjoy this rest for yeah, now. A little bit of the calm. Yeah, calm before the storm. Uh, where were they? So they leave Long Lake. Long Lake. They leave. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. That's what it is. I meant to say Lake Town, but I read Long Lake. So I scared myself. It's fine. They leave Lake Town. They leave the Long Lake and they've been escorted out. Um, and they're like under the shadows of the Lonely Mountain. And the people who have escorted them are like, OK, like, here's all your supplies. Here's where you can camp out. This place is real scary. We're leaving. Bye. You guys have fun, but we're leaving. Ran away. <laughs> so I just love that. It also just seems very much like um, an opening in a horror movie or something where maybe someone is like welcoming a young, a group of like young millennials to like 
a cabin in the woods, possibly, for example. And they're like, all a right. remote island. This is fun. <laughs> Bye. Like, well, aren't you staying here? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't stay here. No. It's like, a, what was that Paradise Island movie? Something like that. Um, they like drop them off and leave. I don't know why I want to. For some reason, all I want to say is Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. No, they, they got the there flies. under much different circumstances. Yeah, those are different circumstances. And then I'm also thinking of um, what's the Bachelor one where they just drop them off on an island? I have never watched The Bachelor. I tried to watch this most recent season and could not do it. I'm not much of a, I'm not a bachelor or bachelorette person either, but there was this one summer where my friends and I, we were like on a trip together or something. And for whatever reason, it was, it was like the first season of this, whatever it is where they take like all of the past like bachelor contestants and they like put them on a beach together and then just like play like mental and emotional games with each other as they just like pair off and like dwindle down to supposedly like the last golden couple I don't know and for whatever reason the like entire season of this was like free on demand and we just binged watched it and that's the only like frame of reference I have for bachelor and and bachelorette stuff is them like being dropped off on an island (laughs) It sounds more interesting than a normal plot. Oh, it was like, it was devious. They would alternate weeks where there would be more boys than girls. Like it would end with the girls would give like their roses to one of the boys and then whichever one of the boys was left over, they would be sent home. That is some trash TV. Oh, it was quality content. Believe me. There's the same kind of tension going on here too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of tension with, with Bilbo and the dwarves. Yeah, they're they're all coupling off as well. Actually, we wouldn't know because I don't know much about the any of the dwarves. Um, except for Keely and Feely, I think, are fun. And then Thorin is grumpy. And Bomber is fat. And that's That's my really summary. all we get about them. Yeah, That's all we get, yeah. <laughs> so they camp out. Um, and this is like how the last little section... Um, at the start of the chapter ends, it says they were they were come to the desolation of the dragon and they were come at the waning of the year. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. Ominous. Yeah. Also, I was like, hmm, you could say desolation of Smaug, because I'm pretty sure that's one of the, that's the name of I have no clue like what order. I'm assuming an unexpected journey is what they called the first Hobbit movie, because you have to start a journey at right. some point. <laughs> Um, but I know one of them is called Desolation of Smaug. So I picked up on that. So they're all just kind of like nervous about this dragon and nervous about everything that's happening. Meanwhile, they also don't exactly know what they're doing. Um, and you know what? I think that's a general theme in life that we're all scared about things all the time, but we also don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And it's a pretty big shift from how they were in the previous chapter because, mm-hmm. or in the previous chapters because everything was like they were treated like royalty. <laughs> Yeah, they were partying. <laughs> yeah, and, and now they're here, and it's just this desolate, just just gross, sad, sad, somber, maybe is a better word, yeah. place, and they realize, like, the pressure's on, and they have cryptic instructions, to say the least. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel like some of that is, cla- like, classic Gandalf. Yeah. Um has has left them in the lurch. I think it mentioned I think there is one point where where Bilbo's like, I really hope Gandalf will show up and tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, towards the end of the chapter, that's like almost a direct quote. I think he says, uh, you know, I, I, I might I sat have there wondering yeah. when 
uh, if if Gandalf or he calls him the wizard, if the wizard might return. Yeah, we need Gandalf to be here to tell us what to do because the second he left us, it immediately went downhill because we can't be by no ourselves. One knows. <laughs> we need adult supervision. They do need adult supervision. Yeah, and as they're traveling through the land, they see kind of the desolation. Yes, exactly that. Um, that has happened since. Uh, that day like many many years ago where Smaug showed up and like ruined everything and took over and it's just it, like everything has been abandoned and obviously this is very sad for the dwarves to see especially the ones who like rem- they have memories of what it used to be like when it was thriving right and so they set up camp like at the base of one of the towards the Oh, okay. This is where, once again, Tolkien and his directions and landscape description, I'm like, I don't really understand where you are. I just know you're near the mountain, and that's all I need to know for the sake of the story. That's fair. Yeah. So they're somewhere near the mountain, (laughs) and they've set up camp. Uh, They send Balin and Feely and Keely, and then it says, with them went Bilbo. So I love that, like, Bilbo wasn't chosen to go with them. He was like, I guess I'll come. (laughs) I guess I'll go with you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is just kind of his general character trait, just being It is. I guess I'll just, you know, go wherever. (laughs) They are sent to kind of, like, look out, possibly try and find this hidden door, if possible, see if there's, like, any trouble up ahead, and they see the entrance of the mountain on the other side, and they see the smoke coming out of it. And they're like, well, I guess that means the dragon's still alive. So that's good news for us. Not what we wanted to see at all. Yeah. Oh, and then also one of them says, I don't like these dark birds. They look like spies of evil. And I was like, well, funny you say that because in a couple more books, (laughs) that's going to come true. That's called a foreshadow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what's funny with The Hobbit is that I don't know what's foreshadow and i don't know what was tolkien going back when he was like writing lord of the rings maybe going back to the hobbit and being like oh these the birds are spies of evil i like that idea let's go with that we should use that that was yeah. cool yeah <laughs> this tolkien dude was pretty good let's use some of this content <laughs> they don't like the looks of it um and even though i think is it Balan tries to be optimistic he's like well I mean it might not necessarily mean that the dragon's still alive it could be we don't know we don't know but uh yeah you're probably right there's probably still a dragon in there um so let's leave now and run away right so they leave and they're all very depressed um for the next I don't know how long I guess weeks that they've been here at one point, it says like days and days. So I don't know if it's just a couple of days or if it's a couple of weeks because Tolkien's pacing in The Hobbit is so all over the place where all of a sudden it it'll is. be like, and then and then it was June. Yeah, it was like June and now it's the end of autumn. Yeah. And they, yeah, they realize this too. And they're like, I can't believe that like, it seems like not too long ago, we were having such a great time with the elves and we were staying with Elrond and it was so comfy cozy. And then we were having a party in Lake Town and that was fun. And then now we're camped out under this kind of haunted mountain. And we don't know what we're doing. Um, and yeah. all the land around us is destroyed and reminds us of what we've lost. It's kind of annoying because uh, for the dwarves, at least... We're really like, 
I don't know, reverting in attitude. Yeah. You feel like they had so much like character growth and then it's like, nope, angry. Grumpy again. Grumpy again, especially with Bilbo. Which um, I've talked about with other guests, how funny it is to me that like Bilbo is supposed to be the one who's like out of his comfort zone and he's the one who's supposed to be like, you know, like, oh, hobbits don't go on adventures. Bilbo doesn't do adventures. And here he is on one. But, like, the dwarves aren't doing a great job of adventuring either. They complain about everything. Yeah, it's not like they were prepared or knew what to expect, really. Or at at least they don't seem like it. Especially now. It's like Mm -hmm. they've basically given up at this point in the chapter. I also think it's funny that, like, they're like, all we have to find, like, this secret entrance into the mountain is this, like, coded message. Oh, well, I'm sure. Let's not look into that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, like, they, it's literally just like waiting until the due date, you know, to start a project. And then you're like, oh, maybe I could have been working on this uh, when Yikes. the professor assigned it two months ago. Right. That's my bet. Like, how, like, how long have they been traveling? And like, how many people have they, you know, like, they could have maybe asked someone in Lake Town because Lake mm-hmm. Town, they had all these like stories and, and songs and like myths that they sang and like talked about from like the time when this area of the land was thriving before the dragon. So like, maybe someone in Lake Town could have been helpful. No. Right. You would think they are probably pretty aware of the prophecy, even if it's been like exaggerated or whatever. They're probably pretty aware. This is something they've been waiting on. Like dreaming of happening for them. Yeah, for them, so. like, are you telling me there's not some like historian, so like some person living in this is a, this is another story waiting to happen. There's always you know stories about like the little boy in the village who's like, no, the legends are true, and we're gonna prove it. We're gonna make it right. happen. You know, like so they they really are just like this secret message. Let's just not worry about, and they really don't, and they don't even like think about it it just they i mean we'll we'll talk about it when it happens but things just are very convenient for them yes (laughs) so yeah like i said they spend days and days camping out at the base of this mountain um and i did write down thank you tolkien for uh skipping over these days and days um because in my lord of the rings brain he probably would have like elaborated on every single one of those days yeah we would have heard about their meals and their small talk and- exactly yeah we would have heard about like each different path that all of the dwarves took that day to explore right um and there's 13 of them are there 13 of them <laughs> No, yes, there are 13 of them, I think. I still don't know. Don't come for me. There were several. <laughs> there were many. <laughs> there were dwarves, pl- plural. Definitely. Yes. There was definitely more than one. Um, I'm the kind of person who, like, if you were... I'm terrible with, like, judging things based on, like, just, like, looking at it in terms of, like, spatial awareness. You know, like, I, I have no concept in my brain of, like, what an inch is. And so if you were to, like, point at a group of people and be like, how many, about, like, guesstimate how many people are in that crowd of people, I would have been, like, five? <laughs> there are more than five. More than less five. less than a hundred? <laughs> yeah, there's five hundred. It's like, no, the answer was 20. <laughs> 
You're like, yes, yeah, that close. <laughs> close. Somewhere in between that realm. Anyway, yes, yeah, so there's lots of dwarves and they skip over that's right, that's what I was talking about. They skip uh Tolkien skips over these days and days that they spend um they're exploring the mountain trying to find this hidden passage. Again, no one thinks at this point to take out this um I can't remember the exact details of what it is, but I believe Thorin has a map and then like there's a there's a hidden message of some kind on the back. It was something that like it happened to like you can only read it in a certain phase of the year and it happened to be when they were in Rivendell with Elrond and Elrond was like oh well it's great that it appeared uh, because you can only read it during you know like summer time eve or whatever so it's a good thing you're here and that i know how to read this there's a lot of timing Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like timing and and seasonal awareness to this to this whole book but specifically to this prophecy yeah and it's not even awareness though because i feel like it just happens to them whether or not they are aware of their surroundings right (laughs) um like if someone were to actually uh, you know try to crack this code and we're documenting that right it would be very clear like in the winter you must travel to this location right this would be like the whole like piece of the puzzle but uh they just said why even look at it you know we'll just figure it out we'll figure it out we'll figure it out when we get there yeah exactly they don't figure it out when they get there is the problem they do not (laughs) nope that's right okay cool i was about to skip to the next thing and i was like no surely something else happens no nothing else um, there's a drawing in my book, The Front Gate. It looks pretty. Sweet. Illustrations. Yay. <laughs> a wonderful content for an audio podcast. <laughs> yes. Just everyone um, know that it looks like really nice. It looks you nice. Know? Old-timey. It, it goes with the vibe of a, of a bedtime story. Keely, Feely, and Bilbo happen to stumble across... Um, they like find a path and Bilbo's like, wait a minute, I think these are stairs, like really old, faded away, like eroded stairs. And so they follow this path and they eventually get to a point where they're where it's a it's a long paragraph of a description of like what this area looks like and like, oh, well, they could tell it was a door because there was part of it that was smoothed away and then it straightened out. And I'm like, I have no concept of what this looks like in my head. I think they were trying really hard, they, Tolkien was trying really hard to show that, like, this has been, it hasn't been uncovered in a long time. Like, yeah. This has been left and, and was very rarely used. And, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, the dwarves could understand and recognize the architecture. Yes. Of, of their homeland Excellent. or whatever. See, you put that in so many words. Tolkien spends a very long paragraph and I ended, I read it several times and I was yeah. like, that's just a lot of words for something that I can't picture in my head. It was exactly like when I was reading the Helm's Deep uh, chapter in Two Towers and I'm like, it's it, it looks like Bowser's castle in my head right now. Yeah, the imagery is gone. So all that I'm imagining right now is the entrance to Moria, because that's my, you know, other frame of reference for like, huh, wow, hidden, hidden doors in, in mountains. Dwarves really like that. You're like, close enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they find this door. Um, they spend a while trying to, like, break it down and figure out how to get into it themselves. Um, valiant effort, guys. Um, not going to happen. Uh, I do love so much that it's Bilbo and Keely and Feely who find it because Keely and Feely are kind of the, like, ah, they're young. Let's send them off to do whatever. And I low-key get the impression that they're kind of, like, the Fred and George of the group. I don't know if that's an accurate impression, but that's my impression of it. Um, <laughs> I, I can see that. They're, they're kind of like goofballs. Yeah. You know, in, in a Tolkien way, you know, he doesn't really have like super comedic relief, but mm-hmm. they are that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and then also, you know, and, and then there's Bilbo who, um, I mean, he has proved his usefulness with everything that happened in Mirkwood and Lake Town, but um, he's still kind of like the runt of the litter, yeah. so to speak, in this group of adventure, which I still don't believe. I think Thorin is the worst adventurer of all of them, but whatever. He, he um, He's a little too pompous. Oh, he's so annoying. And I'm like, just shut up already. What uh, I find interesting, though, uh, about this section is we do know that Bilbo has started to prove himself and that they've really mm-hmm. come around to Bilbo. And then it feels like all of that is stripped away. Yeah. Because they're grumpy. Yeah. And I think at some point, I might have made this up, but I feel like at some point they're like, well, Bilbo, don't you have that ring? Hey, like- you're not making that up. They, they're they kind of like, you have the invisible ring. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go to the, the gate right, and yeah. scope it out. See yeah. if there's a dragon. <laughs> and he's like, he can't see you. me. <laughs> and, and they kind of, I don't know that they word it in that way, but it's kind of like, why are you here if you're not doing our stealth work? Right? Yeah. Like, What's the point of you? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. And so they, yeah, so they spend a while trying to open up this entrance um, and they, they can't do it. So they go back to the group and everyone's excited to hear this news, this new development, because they've been here for several days now and nothing has happened. So then the next day they all get prepared to go up to where the, the door is. Bofer and Bomber stay behind and they guard. I appreciate that they're guarding the ponies because previously their ponies were eaten by goblins. <laughs> Yes. So I appreciate that they're watching the ponies. Um, It's just so funny because like two years ago. So about also like listeners pulling back the curtain a bit. It's about this time two years ago that this podcast started to develop um, because I, I tweeted that thing about like, what if I did this podcast? And Ethan replied and was like, cool. And it, like two years ago, if you had told me that I would care about ponies in lord of the rings and the hobbit i would be like you're dumb but now i will protect them with my life these ponies are all that matter (laughs) especially bill the pony this one in particular side note i got a a little sebastian mug at tj maxx and i'm very excited about it oh my gosh i love it it was like right to send a picture to the group chat it was like right after I was like, I don't need any more coffee mugs. And then I was at TJ Maxx and they had a little Sebastian. It was like a we'll miss you little Sebastian one. Um, and it does have a huge Parks and Rec logo on the other side. But I'm like, that's yeah, fine. And I was just like, well, I can't not get this. Yeah. Even if you don't need any more mugs, you have to get it. Yeah. It's my it's my belief that little Sebastian and Bill the Pony would be best buds. <laughs> Anyway, the dwarves go up um, and there's this narrow ledge that they have to go down and eventually they they pull. Oh, at one point they drop down 
I love this part. This is why it makes me laugh, uh, kind of what you were talking about earlier with, like, there's not too much comedic relief, but he kind of does it with Keely and Feely. They drop down Keely, like, Mission Impossible style <laughs> to, like, bring up the last of the supplies. Um, and then uh, they're like, come on. I think they, they pull up Bofur, but Bomber doesn't want to come up because he's fat and i feel bad for bomber because i'm like don't let what their harsh words were to you they've been fat shaming him this whole trip don't let that stop you from you know don't let that get in your head you had a grand old time at the beginning of this adventure do what you want to do do not let these dumb terrible adventurers fat shame you are pretty mean (laughs) they're so mean anyway um and then it says, and the knotted ropes are too, uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah, he says, and the knotted ropes are too slender for my weight. And then it says, luckily for him, that was not true, as you will see. I'm like, uh-oh, Tolkien, what are you up to? You're going to see. That makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're up there. They're exploring the ledge and they're exploring the door and they spend a while trying to break it open. Um I think they're up there for at least a few more days as well. Several days pass again. And they uh, spend some time trying to break down the door. That doesn't work, obviously. Um, They spend some time thinking and wandering around. um, And then they make fun of Bilbo because he's sitting there thinking. Um, And there was some callback that I don't exactly remember, apparently, to the first chapter of the book, where there there was some joke about, like, Bilbo sitting on the doorstep and thinking. And he's like, well, that's what you told me to do. So that's what I'm doing. So leave me alone. and, And like, why don't you guys go figure it out for yourself? You know, I've been doing everything. They're all fed up with each other. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I was on a terrible... The study abroad trip itself was great, um, but towards the end of it, it got bad um, (laughs) because of all of the people that we were together, you know, and that was only like a month long or five weeks, I think. They've been with each other for months. Yeah, being cooped up with all those people and you have to just deal with their attitudes and anger and everybody's grumpy. Bilbo's constantly having to save them and then they don't care about him so right and so yeah Bilbo uh and all of them are sitting around Thorin says tomorrow begins the last week of autumn and Biffer says and winter comes after that and I love this Dwellin says and the next year after that and it's like yes we all understand how the passage of time works everyone now let's just like figure this out okay maybe we go he says uh send Bilbo through the front gates and Bilbo's like excuse me I am right here says it is always poor me that has to, has to get them out of their difficulties at least since the wizard left uh so I love that Bilbo's like oh god I have to do everything around here he's like thanks Gandalf yeah yeah and this is when like we were talking about earlier he says perhaps the wizard will suddenly come back today so I love this idea of he's like maybe if we just like wait around another couple days Gandalf will show up and tell us He's just so hopeful. Like, please come back. Yeah, this this was me. Uh, I just finished watching the BBC show Merlin, which aired from the years, I believe, 2008 to 2012. 
<laughs> so I'm like 10 years late to the game. It's fine. Um, and I just finished it this past weekend as we're recording and I'm a broken woman. Um, <laughs> but like the entire, I won't say specifics in case there's anyone out there who like wants to watch the show and doesn't want to have spoilers, but the entire last episode, like specifically the last 30 minutes, I was like, oh, well, it'll be okay because something miraculous will happen to come and save them. It'll be okay. Yeah. Will it? Yeah. It'll, <laughs> it'll see in the corner right there, the, the dragon's going to show up and say, it, it's, it's going to happen. And then, like, the credits rolled. And Netflix was like, would you like to start another series because you're done with the with these episodes? And I'm like, maybe something will happen. <laughs> maybe they'll get saved. After credits scene. <laughs> and after credits scene, yeah. Yeah. So Bill was like, maybe Gandalf will show up and save us. Um, that doesn't happen. And this is when they are so extraordinarily lucky. I can't believe it. <laughs> because... All of a sudden, the light hits at just the right angle that it reveals the hidden door. And then, like, at, if, I, if I, like, under, if I read this correctly, I, like, as the sun is moving down and, like, the angle of the sun is moving down the, the like, wall on the mountain, it reveals the door. And Bilbo, I'm like, of course, this is all happening when Bilbo is here by himself. Right. Because my fear was that, like, he would have to, like, jump in and do everything himself. And somehow the dwarves would be mad about that. Or that, like, it would disappear and they would all come back and he would be like, no, you have to believe me. Like, it happened. It, it happened. It was really here. <laughs> yeah. So he calls all of the dwarves back um, because Thorin has the key. Okay, so it's as the moon, because the moon has to be, it's all of these, like, certain circumstances that have to be aligned at just the right, right. you know, moment. And it's also, and I'm just like, you guys are so goddamn lucky because <laughs> your plan up until just being lucky was not a plan. So the moon is waning, I believe, and then it's sinking. Wait, no. How is the moon dipping? Oh, to the horizon. Okay, so the moon is rising. <laughs> the moon is rising as the sun is sinking, and then at just the right moment, it reveals the door, and they see the keyhole, and Thorin uses the key that his, I believe, like his father or his grandfather or something had left him. Right. Um, And so they unlock the door, and then... They go inside. It says, it seemed as if darkness flowed out like a vapor from the hole in the mountainside, and deep darkness in which nothing could be seen lay before their eyes, a yawning mouth leading in and down. It is. Yeah, it's like an it. abrupt, ominous ending. Yeah. Well, I guess I should say they don't go in. I think it... No, it says they all push together and so... No. Oh, they push the door open. Okay, yeah. Yep. So they haven't gone in yet, but they've opened it up and they're like, great, another scary, dark place. This is wonderful. <laughs> we did so great with, when we were in Mirkwood together. I'm sure like, this will be fine. When that all started happening, right, with the, the light, that is when the only time that someone thinks about what Elrond read as in the prophecy right yes uh, appeared right so that's Bilbo at that point saying oh right it's Doran's day and the thrushing of the waves are happening and the light will pass perfectly and it had to be like that day hey remember this thing that Elrond told us a while ago that was like essential to our journey Yeah, okay, so I went back. So this moon letters, or what they call it. Yeah, moon letters. It says, stand by the gray stone when the thrush knocks um, and the setting sun with the last light of Durin's day will shine upon the keyhole. 
And this is, and then like Thorin, I'm pretty sure literally responds. Um, he says, do, 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 do. but this will not help us much, I fear, for it passes our skill in these days to guess when such a time will come again. <laughs> so I love that they're like, okay, so this hidden riddle is the key to getting inside the mountain, you know, but eh, we don't need to worry about that because it's not going to happen. <laughs> we would have to like figure out what that means. What does that mean though? <laughs> We'd have to like, Solve a riddle? Uh. Uh, can we just like beat the door down? <laughs> and they try that so many times. So and, like much. their tools break and stuff. And they're like, oh, maybe like mining isn't going to help us. Maybe this won't work. Maybe we have to use logic. And so, yeah, that's the chapter. Um, again, a very uneventful chapter. Um, but that's okay. Because um, my life was too crazy today and right now for me to handle anything more eventful than just them camping out by a mountain and trying to open a door. Building tension, which, you know, can make for some quality Mm. content. I will say I'm I'm, I'm interested for the next chapter because I... Um, see from the audiobook timestamp at least that it's much longer. Yeah. So. Well, you uh, know something big has to to start happening, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope so. It could We're end really with... at that point um, where where they are entering immediate danger. Yeah. At least that's what we're led to believe. It could end with, I mean, if we go back to what I was thinking at the time when I watched Fellowship of the Ring for the first time where I was like, there's five minutes left of the first movie and I was like, wait a minute, they're not even at Mount Doom yet. Like, what's happening here? So, yeah, I'm assuming dangerous major things are going to start happening soon. I don't know. It is kind of funny because looking at like the, like I mentioned earlier, looking at like the length of the book in terms of like how much is left. And then in terms of like, when you look back over the story, not that much happens. Like, like up until now, not that much has happened. That's like super eventful. Like the most has been when they had all those spiders in Mirkwood. But like other than that, not that much has really happened. So I'm like, okay, there's not that much left of the book. So what what what's going on here? What's crazy is that we're this far into the book and people often refer to this chapter as the end of the beginning of their adventure. Ooh, like the beginning of their it, adventure yeah. is just now ending. I get that though. And they're entering the next phase of what this adventure means. I think there were a couple points in this chapter where the narrator has done it a couple times so far in the in like other chapters I know, but I think in this chapter as well it mentions something about like they're entering like the next stage of their journey which was very dangerous. Right. So I like the narrator is like hyping everything up and is like it's going to get spooky around here. It's kind of one of those things where you know when you're trying to get into a TV show like WandaVision is one where I watched the first two episodes and was like, no, thank you. And everyone's like, no, 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 you have to give it time. Yeah, yeah. That's like what's mm-hmm. happening, right, with this adventure. They're like, It really hasn't been too eventful. They're like, no, no, no. You have to give it time. Wait until chapter 12. It's like, but <laughs> we're more than halfway through the book. When right. is something incredibly eventful going to happen? Right. It's, um, it's an eight-episode show but you're telling me I have to give it until episode four. That's a lot of commitment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's half. Yeah, for, for an eight episode show, that is, it's like, I, I would get it if it was something like, you know, someone was telling you about like Parks and Rec, which has multiple seasons and you're like, right. oh, watch the first four episodes. 
get through those and then but like people maybe parks and rec is a bad example because a, a lot of people are like oh you have to get through the first one and a half seasons <laughs> for it to start getting good and it's only a like six or seven season show <laughs> i'm told that though with breaking bad it's a show that i've never watched and everyone's like oh well you have to you have to get through the first season I'm like i don't want to commit a to a lot. whole season of the show if i don't like it yeah <laughs> I'm with you there. Hey, I couldn't even get through the first five minutes of Game of Thrones. I started watching the first episode and it was just like a long sequence of a dude riding through snow on on a horse. And I was like, this is taking forever. And I immediately turned into that other person where I'm like, no, you have to watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) You have to do it. Um, maybe for the next podcast. No, I'm, I'm I, all about that. I regret that. Um, although now that like I've heard how supposedly terrible the final season was, yeah, mm-hmm. a kind of interesting because I have zero, you know, it's low stakes for me because I have zero, um, I don't know, like attachment or something to that series. So like, what does it matter if I start watching it and then it ends terribly? But uh, no, I'm not doing that for the podcast. I there think are I've also. Said- Really long books. Oh my god, no, no. <laughs> you never. all the books. Aren't all the books the like still coming out? Uh, I think, yeah, the last one hasn't come out. It would be funny though to do George R.R. Martin. Yes. I was trying to come up with some kind of play that's similar to that's what I'm talking about since George R.R. Martin copied J.R.R. Tolkien. Right. <laughs> so, how do, you, how do you use Martin? has a play on Marty, Marty, something with a Mart, something about a martini and shaking that stirt. See, this is how my brain works. <laughs> Remember, this is perfect full circle because at the beginning of the episode, I was talking about like coming up with like terrible podcast concepts. Um, and mostly it's just about coming up with what would be like a fun name. Oh, one that I thought of for a Star Wars one that is so bad. And it's so bad that I'm confident I would never, ever use it. So I'll share it was Living La Vida Lucas. Oh, my goodness. I, I how has no one used that? <laughs> and I think I, I texted it to Tyler and Ethan. And I was like, oh, my God, I got it. Living La Vida Lucas. And then I sent it and I was like, oh, no, no, I take that back. I imagine Ethan just texted back with, like, the anger yeah. face. No, I think... And then deleted you from the group chat. Yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Pix, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. What... I'm assuming we're... Do- I guess I should say, I'm assuming we're done with the chapter discussion. We pretty yeah. much talked about all that there was to talk about. That's that's really it. Great. Okay, now I can formally close the show. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on um, and dealing with my insane scrambled brain. Um, what would you like to share with our audience? Uh, definitely join the WBNE Discord. That's where you're going to find it's me. It's a good time. And all of the best people on the internet it's my favorite place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can give ratings for bacon and eggs movies um but instead of giving a rating for tombstone the movie just give a rating for tombstone the frozen pizza brand um, a really good idea ethan loves it this will have come out let's see this episode comes out after i believe this will have come out after they cover tombstone because that's coming out this thursday i don't know what time it is let's go listen to that um, and then also go pick yourself up a, a tombstone pizza. Um, 
I don't know why I latched on to this. I just thought it was a funny joke. Discord. You would think that Tombstone Pizza was uh, sponsoring this episode. They're not, but if it's you're not. interested. It's DiGiorno, actually. <laughs> so thank you so much, DiGiorno, for being a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a sponsor, not a sponsor. Don't delete this episode. I don't know if DiGiorno has that power. But anyway, if you I cut you want off. to sponsor the <laughs> yeah, podcast, okay, DiGiorno, Tombstone if you DiGiorno, any frozen pizza brand. Hit me up, TolkienAboutPod at gmail.com. I will, I would love to promote your product. Anyway, I cut you off because we were talking about how good the Discord is. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I think that's that's really what I want to plug. That's where I hang out. It's where the best people on the internet hang out. And you guys should definitely look into joining. You can go to Patreon.com for any one of the WBNE uh, podcast, but specifically for you should go that's to, what I'm talking you should about. go to patreon.com <laughs> you should go to patreon.com slash talking about pod you absolutely should I will say though um you can access uh to explain some of the like patreon tiers and and how they relate to our discord um the three dollar tier gets you access to the that's what I'm talking about thread as well as the kind of like general WBNE discord um but if you become a $15 a month patron um and all, uh, and like that's how it works for all of the other shows that if you join their $3 tier you join their thread on the discord server but if you want to join all of them uh, and become a super star i don't know we need i don't think i came we up need with a like term. a term yeah a term for like what what it means when you have access to all of them um you have the infinity gauntlet of the of the wb discord server i like that i'm going with that, like that. You, you're wearing holder. you've gotten all of the infinity stones is that what they were called it's been yeah, so long yeah, okay yeah, cool infinity I, couldn't, stones. I couldn't remember what they, anyway if you join for 15 dollars a month you get access to all of the different threads, which we've just added two new shows, so you can go join those. Get in at the start as those communities are starting to form, and then you'll be like in on all of the inside jokes and secrets um, before anyone else is, and you can be like, oh, I'm so cool because I'm a founding member. You might even make a joke that inspires me to make an emoji. Or whatever we call yes. them in Discord. What are the reactions? Yes, reactions. What they're emotes. called? Yeah. Okay, emote. Yes, yes. emotes. That's it. Yes. I make all of the emotes for the server, and sometimes people just say something really funny, and it, it sparks my interest. So I'll make a little emote. It becomes part of the whole WB and E lore. And then you'll know why that particular reaction yeah. came about. Like you'll know why it's there, as opposed to sometimes. I do this a lot where I'll be like, what exactly is this thing? Why do we have a, a reaction well, of just Ethan's face? <laughs> when there's a mo- an emote called Julia, but it's an outline of Texas, you should come figure out why. Yeah. So that was a great plug on both of our parts for, for the Discord server. Please join. Come hang out with me. Yeah. In all seriousness, it is a great group of people to be a part of. So I... Tanatan would recommend that. That's what I'm talking about is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org where you will find all of our shows like Sincerely Us. Ethan Edgehill and I co-hosted this week and we talked about one of our favorite musicals, which is also a Broadway flop, unfortunately. Catch Me If You Can, starring Norbert Leo Butts and the wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous, talented Aaron Tveit. So go check that out. That will be out tomorrow. And you can also listen to Ethan on the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Late to the Party. 
This is an urgent message. If you or a loved one have been suffering from mild hallucinations, encountering what looked like a, a horde of zombies, lack of fine motor function, there was no parking, and I pulled up on the lawn and broke a sprinkler head. The inability to sit for long periods of time. Did you just break the chair? Jordan is holding a chair arm up. Roll to sit. Oh, did not do so good. Trouble using your... Tools. Are you going to take another smashy smash? I sure am. 13 probably doesn't hit. Does not hit. Sorry about the dice, Scott. <laughs> or existential crises. And I'm playing Sunny Days, a high elf cleric, a half elf cleric, a quarter elf cleric, a mostly human cleric, a mostly human, but with a smidgen of elf cleric. You may be entitled to podcasts. Ask your doctor about Late to the Party, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the whole family. Available every other Monday on WBNE.org or wherever podcasts are sold. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod or following the link in the episode description. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at pod, and you can find me on Twitter at mcwhatsup and Instagram at mcturndownforwhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to show your Tolkien of support. No, I don't like that. Anyway, um, you can explore different tiers and perks for $3 a month. You can join Discord. That's always a wonderful, fun time. Or you can become a sponsor like Danny. Danny, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. I love it so much. Um, and I also want to give a shout out. I've gotten some more recent uh, patrons who are not sponsors, but I just want to give a sh- general shout out to you guys uh, since I've gotten more recently. Hi, I, I love all of you. Um, I will be sending May postcards out as soon as I can write them. Um, so if you have, if you've been waiting for a postcard, that should be happening soon. And um, yeah, I just appreciate everyone's support. And especially this week, I appreciate Danny. All right, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you again so much for coming on. Uh, Do you have any parting words for the audience? I can't wait to hear what you think of chapter 12. Oh boy. I'm scared. It's a lot to read. I'm also recording for it tomorrow night. (laughs) So I have to get reading as soon as we hang up this call. So you'll be excited. I will end it on that. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 